Welcome to another episode of the T-Care Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Alex, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Jeremy Sutton. Today, we are going to talk about allyship and what elements you need to measure to know whether or not you are a good ally. On this podcast, I'm joined by Julie Simpson, who is the CEO at Resource IT, and Jeremy Hazeman, who is a director at Protivity. The term being an ally has gained popularity over recent years. And with the technology sector having a low percentage of ethnic minorities, we need to ask ourselves a question. Are we supporting these underrepresented groups in the right way? This is definitely going to be a special episode. So wherever you are, grab a pen and a notebook and enjoy the T-Care podcast. Hi guys, and welcome to another insert of the TK podcast. I am one of your hosts, Alex, and I am joined by uh, Joe on this one. Um, Joe, oh, yeah. how are you doing? Excellent, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. Really good, thank you. Um, good. It's been a. It's it, it up to this point. The episodes we've put out have been really insightful and really helpful for a lot of our listeners, and I'm I'm really looking forward to having this this one recorded and then sharing that information with our listeners as well um today today on our podcast we have (laughs) and i know they've got the same name so i'm going to go for the short one version we've got jez on the call and we've also got julie uh hi guys how are you guys doing i'm fine great alex great to be here marvelous thank you alex thank you very much for having us good good now you may hear a familiar voice in jez um that's because he was a co-host on a previous episode so that's just a little plug-in um for you guys to go and listen to that episode specifically if you can if you can point him out uh, maybe leave a comment and say hey look it's the guy from the other one <laughs> but um yeah let's i wanted to start off with introductions um to our two people who are who are joining us on this podcast and then we'll go into the topic which is around allyship and whether you think you're a good ally or if there's more you can do to be a better ally so Jez do you want to give an introduction to our listeners yeah thanks Alex uh, so hi everyone uh, I'm Jez Hazeman I'm a director in a company called Protivity and also I'm a member of the T-Care group Hi, uh, I'm Julie Simpson. I'm the founder and CEO of Resource IT. We're a channel marketing agency for the IT sector. And uh, I'm also um, one of the founders of T-Care. Thanks, Julie. And great to have both you and Jezebus today talking about the topic of allyship. Now, on this podcast, we never like to assume that uh, people know about the topics that that we're discussing because uh, they may be new to them and often they're also new to us. So when it comes to allyship, we wanted to start with a definition of what that actually means. Now, the definition is allyship in the workplace means recognising the privilege that members of majority groups have in a professional context and using this privilege to aid in the dismantling of systems and processes that prevent colleagues from having equal opportunities. Now, bit of a mouthful, I, I will heartily admit that. But I think if we were to break that down, I think it from a, a race perspective, I think it means if you are, uh, you know, from the BAME community, it's those white colleagues using the privilege they have in their workplace, whether they know they exist or not, to support you in being, um, feeling embedded, welcomed, belonging in the culture that you're working, but also supporting you in the progression and development of your careers. Julie, it's a big topic. It's a big definition. 
Uh, I'd love by getting your view on your experiences um, and your thoughts on what allyship has meant for you and what it means as a CEO of your organisation of being a good good ally in the organisation that you work in. Um, So thanks, Jo. Um, Allyship for me is kind of stopped me in my tracks a bit, if I'm honest. Um, You know, when I was involved with a women in technology group, I was a woman in technology. So I felt I could relate. I felt I could make a contribution. I felt I understood. As I've been involved in TCARE that we've been working on together, um, you know, I'm not black. I'm not part of a minority ethnic community. So I really had to go and educate myself on what it was to be an ally. And the things I learned have really been in some ways quite shocking. In others, um, making my me look at myself to think, have I always done the right thing? Probably not. And what could I do differently? So for me, allyship has been and continues to be a journey that I'm going on. And that because I'm doing it as the founder and CEO of Resource IT, then I'm setting a standard of culture within my organization. And that's where the power comes of the influence, the things we can do differently. Because if the leaders don't understand, don't educate themselves and don't actually drive change, then how can we hope for real change within our organizations? So, um, you know, Jill, I think um, I don't profess to know everything about being a great ally. I try my best. I try to do the right thing. I try to educate myself. Um, But I am sometimes wrong. And what I've learned is it's okay to be wrong. um, And it's okay to keep learning and to admit that. So, you know, allyship is, it's a huge topic and one that everybody needs to take really seriously. Uh, And, you know, I really appreciate you saying that, you know, that everyone needs to take it seriously. But I also hope that, you know, that people would recognise that we really mean it seriously when we say, you're right, you, people do get it wrong. And I think it's all about intent. And I think the fact that we have conversations like this of people asking, that felt a bit iffy sometimes. It, was I OK to say that? Can I say that again? Why not, if that's not OK? Those are the conversations that I think are quite uncomfortable. Um, but I think if we're going on that journey and you as Judy, as a leader in your organisation, leading by example, it go, it shows people that actually... The fear is okay. We just got to kind of work for it and work for it together as a group, and that's that's where I think allyship becomes um, becomes more natural. But there's no doubt about it; it's got to be a conscious effort to begin with, right? And a conscious effort from everybody to try it, and also you know people from the BAME community to uh, to help you on that as well. You know, because the effort is is what is is what is great. Um, Jez, what 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 about you? What's what's your allyship journey been like? It's, uh, it's, it's a really good question because if, if I'm being really honest, I think for me, I, I've only really come to terms with the, the phrase ally in the last couple of years. Um, it's, for me, it's, it's not about just the workplace. It's, it's, it's about my life in general. It's how I act in an inclusive way for everyone to help everyone work rest, play, it doesn't matter. Um, So I've kind of always kind of grown up with that mentality where if I see 
discrimination of, if, of any kind or non-inclusivity of any kind, I've, I, I, there's something inside me that just makes me want to step in and, and, and make sure that I, I, I can take care of that or, and make sure that that is not something that is, I want to see. So I think, you know, when I first started hearing the frame ally, and it, it was the question that was raised in my head, am I an ally? What is a good ally? I think I'm a good ally, but am I really? So to Julie's point, it's like, there's a little bit of fear in your own, your own self to think, am I doing enough? What more can I do? I know I'm, you know, I know I, what I stand for. I know what my moral code is, but is that enough really for, 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 for everyone today, work, rest, as I said, whatever it is. And I think some of the learnings, one of the reasons I joined T-Care was very much to learn from other people about what more I could do to be part of and drive a, a form of allyship and a, and a behavioural sense, a cultural sense that is transformative of, of what where everyone in my world, I think, needs to get to. But I think one of the key elements for me was just listening to people about what it's like to be in their shoes that was a real eye-opener for me because i always kind of allyship and everything what i is what i do is what you know, that's great but actually when you hear individuals that i've worked with and are friends of mine and you really sit down and have a conversation with them about about this topic or word associated with this topic it what what they go through on a day-to-day business day-to-day about what it's like to be in their shoes and then that was kind of that was real kind of sit back at in the chair moment just and I just remember thinking to myself every day do you mm. know what I mean and that was something that mm. was kind of really hit me quite quite a lot because you think you know you know let's be clear I come from a background of white privilege I, I absolutely do I have no idea what it's like to be in those shoes and mm. I think and I think allyship as well is about learning what that is the reality yeah. of that and I was just about to say that it sounds like you've sounds like you've, sounds like you've done a lot of listening actually you know you you've, you've tried to understand some of the experiences that people have that you just yeah you weren't aware of right you didn't know that they oh. weren't even a thing um and that learning step and wanting I think to hear about other people's experiences and why it why it's difficult is is definitely I think the first step into becoming a good ally because if you can't understand you can't emphasize yeah. right and that's that's to do with anything. Yeah. Um, I guess following on from that, that really learning inquisitive phase around kind of why, why is there an issue? Why do we need allies? Has there been anything in particular that you've, that you've gone beyond that learning in order to be a good ally? Anything really proactive that, that you've seen serve well? For me, I yes. think it's, yeah, oh yeah, for me, it's, it's really, I've gotten involved with a lot of, extra curricular stuff outside of the workplace which is really focused on helping everyone you know and encourage you know from a, from a coaching perspective and, and sport perspective all of that all of those kinds of things that just make sure that that those environments are really inclusive whether it's cricket football all of those things rugby doesn't matter uh gym it's just um really 
encouraging being part of and seeing and recognising the talent in every individual and making sure that they feel they're in a really self safe place and environment so they can express themselves in the way that they want to express themselves and not feel that they they have to hold back a bit because they don't fit or you know I, I don't look around and see everyone that's like me yeah yeah great how about you Julie I think I've I mean like Jez I've been quite shocked at some of the things I've heard um as I've started to ask questions of people that I know that are part of marginalized groups um you know even to um like people that work for me that have been surprised when they've gone to to an interview in the IT industry and been interviewed by a black person and been really surprised by that as a black person you know they've come out of the interview saying you're never going to believe it I got interviewed and they and they and I'm like what why is that a surprise to you like, yeah yeah <laughs> like that has never happened and I I, I've really taken on board. So listening is one thing, understanding is another, but also acknowledging where we actually are in this industry and realising that we have got some work to do. We've, we face huge staff shortages in our technology businesses. We are, yeah. um, if we're not being inclusive, then that to me means we're being exclusive. So we're restricting ourselves, we're restricting our growth, we're restricting ourselves in terms of our the commercial yeah. benefits in our organisation. So I'm taking steps to make sure, um, you know, there's this great phrase, you can't be what you can't see. So, you know, Bernadette that works for me is black and I'm really, I really encourage her to be visible so that other people that may be from a minority ethnic background see Bernadette and think I'm not going to be the only black person working at Resource IT. So some of the steps I'm taking is to raise the visibility of underrepresented groups within my organization, just like I did with women in technology, right? We we have this session called Promoting Your Inner Winners. You know, if you want to attract more women to your organization, then get the women that you have got visible so that other women see that and then want to be part of that. And I've been consciously trying to do that with people from um, minority ethnic groups within my organization. Um, the other thing that I'm I'm really trying to do is, uh, um, as Jez talked about, uh, using my privilege, and privilege, as we know, isn't necessarily about wealth. It's about something that is given to you just because of something that you you've inherited or you have. In my case, being white, how can I use my privilege to give more of a voice and more visibility to people that are not? don't have the same color skin as me that might be ignored or might be challenged. So I am actively taking steps to use my my status, my influence, my network, whatever I've got to give visibility and voice to people that may be quieter because they're used to being marginalized because they are maybe from a different background or culture. So I'm, I'm trying to to learn how to be more intentional about inclusivity and forcing other people um, and then to do that also. And then the final point I want to make was something else that Jess said about it's not just being at work. And I, I've said this a couple of times, like if someone told a racist joke, what I may have done in the past is get angry about that, right, and challenging and really aggressive like don't say things like that you can't you know and start challenging and calling it out as racism or or 
that's actually maybe not what the person who isn't white or people that aren't white want you to do. Um, and actually, when you aggressively attacking like that is not necessarily the right way. So what I'm and, and I got this advice from Belton um, Flournoy, actually, who's part of T-Care. And he said to me, one of the things you can do when someone tells a racist joke and you know and you are uncomfortable about that is ask them to repeat it. And often when people are challenged and think they've got to say something twice, they then perhaps realize that what they've said is not funny because I often see racism disguised as humor and that really winds me up. But getting angry about it isn't the way for me to share insight and get people to realize and recognize change. So rather a long answer to your question, but I'm trying to be more intentional and more inclusive and understand the impact of my own actions because my ultimate goal is I want people to change and if I want people to change attacking isn't necessarily the way that I'm going to achieve that because if you say the word racist people just close the door and they won't hear a thing you say so I'm trying to find different ways to encourage the dialogue yeah and that that's you know that's some such practical guidance there on what you do as a as a CEO, uh, you know, and as an individual to, to call out and support racism. And actually, this just goes to show that even when you you need allies like myself, actually, you can learn something because my husband's been sent two racist jokes in the past two weeks, which you would kind of imagine as a, as a mixed race wife, that might not happen. But clearly, clearly it does. And actually, between us, we didn't know how to handle it because actually, I'm immediately fuming. As you say, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm aggressive. It wasn't even sent to me. And between my <laughs> husband and I, we were trying to talk it out. And we, you just don't know. So even, you know, you're actually taking practical advice like that. I'm like, actually, now I can educate my husband on how to be a good ally to me because he can have that objectivity in those conversations that, to be honest, I can't and I won't ever. So, um, so yeah, thank you, first of all. And it just goes to show, I guess, how much we can all learn from these podcasts. And that's something that neither of you mentioned, that talking about allyship can be a bit of a vulnerable subject. And the fact that you're on this podcast willing to talk about your experiences and where you're at and what you want to do, I think should be called out in itself as really part of your proactivity in wanting to be a brilliant ally to the to the community. So 100%. Thanks, Thanks Joe. Thank you. Thanks a lot. And that means a lot yeah. to me because you kind of think you're doing the right things. And, uh, you know, whilst whilst you're human, um, you know, the knowing what's right and wrong, you know instinct kicks in um this is a challenge we face and um knowing what the right thing is to do is is helpful for everybody i feel mm. yeah agree couldn't agree more that was an interesting point you made um julie about belton just saying about repeating that you see because i've been in that situation i don't know how to handle it and it's um you know, I always I live by the kind of, if, if you see, it's, if it's wrong, you call it out kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. I just, that's that's the way that I've always operated. And perhaps I haven't been doing it right. Do you know what I mean? Because if someone, yeah, I just, you know, I can't stand it. So it's just like, if, it, if it's wrong, it doesn't matter what, I'll call it out and I'll just, you know, what are you doing? What are you saying? You know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. You know, are there right ways and wrong ways of doing these things? And it's, it's, it's like... Mm even if we talk about business and work and you know it's like the recruitment process I'm I'm really kind of quite passionate about that because as you said right you can't be what you can't see and I find a lot of organizations higher in their own image 
right? Mm. So you've got leaders that have been in business a long time, and it's 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 not conscious. It's just it's unconscious. But you mm. know, you get you get a pre- a plethora of diverse individuals coming into an organisation from multitudes of backgrounds, and it doesn't matter. But you know, I see lots of organisations kind of you know hiring like me. Yeah, you know they I look mean? like me. They look like that's, me. I know that's They've got a shirt, you know. There's a shirt. I'm, I wear a suit. I've got a shirt and a tie, and you know, and, and you know, we got guys from um, jail from Microsoft. On when I was working at Microsoft, come as you are, do as you do. That was one of the key things that I always talk about, and and I'd love to see more of that adopted mm. across all businesses and everything, and that acceptance and, and people's understanding of what that difference is and really appreciating it from an allyship perspective and becoming allies because they appreciate the difference I still believe I still fundamentally think that organizations some organizations unconsciously hire in their own image yeah I I agree actually and I feel like we're all going to find this story quite horrifying but probably quite a nice segue into how we take allyship from you as individuals and leaders in your businesses it's brilliant that you're making change, mm. but actually, how do we permeate that down? How do you know what what can you do as organisations actually become better allies? Because to your point of hiring, Jez, I've got such a profound memory of um, some person talking to me once about some mentoring program that he was part of, and he was actually doing some CV checking with let's say sixteen year old young girls from a really inner city school, and um, he was talking to me really passionately around how I'd helped her. You know, I'd really improved her CV. We were then having a conversation around interview techniques um and um she came from a, a muslim background and um you know and as such her name reflected that and his honest advice to her was to change her name so that it could be pronounced better um so that uh, she would have more more of a chance of getting an interview because people would be able to say her name and this was a person who was talking to me as an alleged ally in the business talking about how he's flowing that advice down and actually that is where it goes from being the individual having an impact, which in that case is clearly terrible. But actually, this person thinks they're an ally. I can tell by the way he's talking to me, he thinks he's an ally. And he couldn't be couldn't be further from it. So it would be really good to get your views on how do you then, how do you make that part of the culture of allyship in your organisations as opposed to an individual actions that you take? Because I'm sure that in either of the businesses that you're in, if you, if you heard that conversation there'd be something you know, seriously wrong going on that you wouldn't approve of. So how do you make sure that that allyship is part and parcel of what your orgs do rather than just what you as leaders do? Uh, Julie? Um, gosh, that's such a great question. I mean, I'm so, as you say, the story is shocking. And there are so many things like that that, that make me ashamed um, to be white at times, to be honest with you. How dare someone think someone should change their name? Um, um, so I've always felt that people choose to work for Resource IT. So in my organisation, I've always been grateful that people want to be there. It's it's a very different culture in my business. People choose to work there. People choose to give their time. People choose to be part of the organisation and make the contribution. And so we have a very strong, inclusive culture. What I'm trying to do is harness that culture and and use our connections and our network, given the amount of IT organisations we work with, huge companies like Microsoft and Protivity and others, 
use our connections to encourage other um, businesses to listen, educate, change. So um, for us, I feel that, as I said at the start of this conversation, I'm making some intentional changes myself about our recruitment policies, about how we promote people of colour within our business so that other people of colour will apply and feel welcome and included. But I'm also using our position of influence to reach out to our partners and our customers within the IT industry, promoting T-Care, talking to them about allyship um, and within the leadership dialogue that I have. So because I'm a CEO and I'm connected to other CEOs, I'm finding that one of the best things I can do is to keep talking to my peers about what I've learned and the impact it's had for the for the two reasons of it's the right thing to do as a human being, but also it makes bloody good commercial sense um, to be an inclusive yeah. organization. So I think um I think in terms of the the, you know, when you spoke about the person that was supposed to be the ally having that conversation with you. Part of my education that I've learned about the difference between performative allyship and meaningful allyship. You know, people say that they're allies. Um, they'll make a comment. They'll like a they'll like a LinkedIn post. They'll play, place a you know a picture of solidarity or something. Um, and they actually expect to be that people should be grateful for their efforts. Um, because they've made a comment or you know something they're not actually doing anything they just think it's the right thing to do and there's a lot of that in our industry that we do a lot of things because it's certainly seen as the right thing to do being meaningful as an ally is another thing altogether and um, to be a proper ally your words and your actions have to be in sync and and actually work together so if all you do is talk about it and you don't actually do anything, then in some ways you're just self-serving and causing more damage. So um, that's really what I'm trying to do is to talk, to, to be educated, to talk about what I've learned, to make intentional change and then to try and influence others to make change. Um, just, just for the sake of listeners, I know you've given examples there, but could you maybe clearly define um the performative first performative ally versus um someone who's and i don't want to use the word actual i think that's the wrong wrong word but someone who's more of an ally in the in the situation because i think that'd be quite interesting for our listeners so do you mean alex for me to define what i think is the difference between performative and meaningful in terms of the two different yes. types of allyship yes. so yes, for me please. um as i as i have been educating myself what I've learned is that there are two types of allyship performative allyship and meaningful allyship performative allyship isn't actually helping underrepresented communities so what that means is it's actually where you're looking for reward for being viewed as oh she's a good girl or he's a good bloke um, you know, doing the right thing, saying the right thing, making a comment on LinkedIn, putting a post, you know, all kind of trying to just fit in and and expecting people to say, you know, hey, high five to you. That was a great post that you put up, but not actually taking any action. So performative allyship mm -hmm. is always is about being seen to be doing something because that's what everybody seems to be doing. It's almost like being trendy. 
that it's just a trend. It isn't anything. Meaningful allyship. Yeah. Meaningful allyship is about taking action. So if we say say something, then we need to do something about it. Otherwise, it has no impact. So we can't just hope for things to be better. We we have to do... Hope doesn't create change. So for me, what I've understood, meaningful allyship, sponsorship, exactly. Sponsorship, intervention, change, stepping up, using your voice, challenging, learning, and being active in, in any way you can. Does that answer your question, Alex? Yeah, no, that that does, and um, I kind of wanted to pose that about back to um, Jez because I know he said that his understanding of allyship isn't as advanced as as he would like it to be. But hearing hearing that term and hearing that described, can you sort of envision your workplace and see where a lot of people fit into those two categories and? And sort of how how do you feel about yourself? Do you and you don't have to answer this question if it's quite personal, but um, how do you feel about where you think you sit within that? Well, I've, so I've I've lived those values ever since I was a kid. Quite frankly, you know, growing up with my my two best friends were were were, were black guys. Um, grew up with them, still friends with them now. Played foot with them for years. So it was it was always been. It, it was unconscious back then. Do you know what I mean? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think. Of, I didn't think about labels back then when you're growing up. And it was only in, in latter years when you start maturing that society throws labels at people, and you and you start thinking, what 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 have I what what am I supposed to do now? Um, this is this isn't great. This isn't wrong. This is wrong. This is the wrong thing. But I've always, for me, it's all. It's always been about you have to. Uh, Julie summed it up. You know, you have to take action. It's got you've got to live the value, your values, and those values mean work. They mean home. They mean everything. It's it's and you have to take actions based on that. You know, and and I have seen lots of individuals and people who are, you know, to 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 your point. You know, there's there's everyone saying the right thing and creating the right image. But are you actually taking any action here? I'm sure you've got all the likes that you want and all of that kind of stuff. But what are you actually doing? And it's not that yeah. it's it's I, I'm not looking for for me. It's, it's not about thank yous or praise or anything like that. It's it's just about it's how I live my how you live your life and how you actually expect everyone else to live their life around them. You know, it's not yeah. it's not about anything else but that. I think you have to kind of really search your soul to understand that really are you doing everything that you should be doing and are you really um behaving the way that 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 you know is right yeah and you know and i think the whole the whole the whole point of this podcast right is i think i'm a good ally am i uh, and part of that i think is taking action right. and ownership of of your learning and your progression and your understanding what's a challenge but I always think a bit of feedback is is always nice in terms of as you mentioned earlier am I doing the right thing yeah. should I say that and actually hearing some examples of where it actually where it has helped um someone in the community so not to put you on the spot Alex but um I guess you know to ask the host I mean have you got any examples of where actually you have been on the receiving end of some really good allyship that that you could share so 
I'm trying to rack my brain for. So well, that says a lot. If you've got I a rack your brain, industry, Alex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like the sound of that. Uh, no, it's just. No, and and I could be honest, right? It's not. It's not something that I see frequently. Um, you don't really. I don't really come into the workplace and feel like, oh, okay, this person's actively um, supporting my view. They may be sort of aware of the situation or they might have an understanding, but there's, it's not really, they don't really step in and take action. Um, however, there, there was a time when I was quite early on in my career um, within the tech industry and there was a particular person who at first, I kind of took it as, oh, I'm I'm quite young. This person's quite senior um, in terms of the amount of time that they've been working within the industry. Maybe they're just trying to sort of parent me and mentor me and guide me in a certain situation. But it it wasn't until other things started to happen, and it was them that was calling it out and saying what this person's doing to you is wrong. How they're speaking to you is incorrect. You need like do you understand that it could be because of xyz and they sat me down and had these conversations and because i was quite young and i'm trying to prove myself and sort of show that i am of value i i wasn't really paying attention to to those types of things that were going on um but i think since then every time and i'm happy to speak about this person more offline because i don't really want to um stick, stick them in it here but anytime i've had an opportunity to mention someone who's been um who's been helpful to my career i always refer back to this person and yeah i think especially where i've had my ups and downs um within the industry in fact i i left and went to work for a publication then came back um my experience with that person has always always stuck with me and i think what was key was that it was before sort of this allyship term was coined it was more at a time where I think it was just they were just a good person yeah. and you could tell you could tell that they were just a good person um and and what that made me feel is that anytime I saw that person doing something you wanted them to succeed you wanted them to help so this kind of ties into what you were saying um Jez about it's it's kind of your nature um to help or point out when something is wrong or anything like that um and I, I guess that that goes in line with the successes that you've had in your career to the point that you're now, now quite a senior leader um, within your business. So it, it, it can go hand in hand at certain times. Yeah, but, um, yeah it's, that, that's probably the, the best example I've got. And that is such a nice example. And thank you for sharing, Alex, in that, you know, sometimes we can think that allyship is, you have to make all of these grand gestures and, you know, you have to be, doing all these trainings and all of that is great but fundamentally in the heat of the moment are you sitting there and are you supporting someone whether they know that they need it or not because in that example and especially sometimes when you are younger in your career as you say you've got you've got so many pressures you know to do well to be seen well we're covering which you know we spoke about in previous podcasts so please go and take a look um but, you know, but for someone to be the person to say you don't have to accept this that is not okay is exactly the kind of allyship that we need and um and yeah, just just thank you for sharing. And yeah, hats off to whoever I, that person is that supported you. But um, I, but yeah, can I just yes, go on, sorry. back to Alex on, on that one? And I think that Jess, can you lean forward? I think yeah. Sorry, sorry, guys. 
I think it's a really important point you made there, and I don't think you can underestimate what I my learnings as I've got old, not older, um, in this industry. Um, the word the word is wise. I wish that's a good word, but I don't consider myself wise. Um, it's what I do, and I'm sure everyone does it here. And they, you know, a little bit of talk, just talk, taking time to talk to people. Some people call it mentoring, some people call it anything, but but actually it's it's giving your time to people. Um, I do a lot of that now, and, and, and one that's a regret of mine that I didn't do enough of it as I was coming up, if that makes sense, because you're you're striving to get to the top, you're 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 you know looking at your career and stuff like that, and you actually on that journey, sometimes you can have a massive impact on people by just giving them time. And that, that individual gave you time, right, to, to help you understand the situation you were in. And I think that that's beholden on everyone, really, to start understanding how they can give their time to help other people and individuals coming into our industry to, to, to make it, um, to climb, not just climb the ladder, but to, to understand that they're in a very supportive environment so they can learn the lessons you know, I pass on all of the um, all of the stuff that I got very wrong. You know, all, all of those mistakes that I made. I just don't want other people to 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 go through the same things that I went through. So, you know, all that, those individuals like that, that worked with you, Alex. Those those little things make such a massive difference because you're talking about it today, and that 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 person probably can't even remember they had that conversation with you. Yeah, but it has a significant impact on the rest of your working career. Um, um, I wanted to say something so... about um, something Jez raised, which is growing up with not really seeing that there was a problem. I wanted to talk about that a bit more because I think that's that's one of the things that I've... Uh, it's wrong to say I'm shocked because that would be a ridiculous thing to say. You know, I've been, I was born in 1967. I grew up in the 70s. TV was... You know, some of the TV we used to watch was unbelievable. Um, some of the sitcoms and things that that we that we saw, sexism, racism—I mean, you name it—we grew up with it, and it was humour back then. Um, I, when I was a very small, almost baby, my parents were for in the forces, and we lived next to next door to a black family, and they had a daughter who was the same age as me. And she and I, at one year old, used to bath together. That mum used to put me in her pyjamas. I used to get put her in my pyjamas, you know, and they'd pass me over the fence. And it was completely invisible to me as a child. My first boyfriend was yeah. mixed race. And I remember walking down the street with him when I was 16, holding hands and saying to him, why is everyone staring at you? And he's saying to me, they're not staring at me, they're staring at us. Why are they staring at us? Because I was a white girl with a mixed race um, boyfriend. And I'd never, I was really like, what, why? I just really didn't understand. And I feel, I feel really strongly yeah. about that, that there's a lack of awareness still, believe it or not, that there's a problem. And that mm. goes for any minority, like the women in technology thing, which I know I've mentioned a couple of times, people going, well, why is there... We're not still going on about that, are we? Yes, we are, because <laughs> it's not fixed. Um, just as we're talking about being Sometimes. allies. I think it's such an interesting point you raised, Julie, because my 
actually at the weekend with my mum, I think that in the 70s and 80s, to be an ally, there was a lot of colour blindness um, in that it was to not be, you know, to not be racist, and absolutely people weren't, it would be like, well, we don't care, we don't matter, you know, I'm, I'm me, you're you, we're all together, we're a collective. And I just think it's an evolution, isn't it, that today, colour blindness is a, that's okay, but it's not a, um, no, I want you to, to respect what I do bring, actually, rather than just you not be you being okay with my colour. I want you to know that's what right. my heritage is, what my culture that's is. That's exactly and what I mean. Things that come with it. So, yeah, it's that. It's a really interesting kind. Of, you can almost look back through time, can't you, and see that moments of where we've grown up yeah. to the issues of race, effectively. Yeah. And you know, and with that, we've started to think about it differently, which is I think what makes some of your experiences really interesting. Let's say, equally, my mum, she was adopted, so and her adoptive family were white, and her mum was like. You know, we're all the same. So to an extent, yeah, there was colour blindness there, even with my mum in her own family. So, yeah. So, so do you think? Do you think colour? Do you think colour blindness is as bad as? um, You know, is it as serious? I guess it isn't. I guess I'm going to answer my own question. It's not as serious as racism, but it's not as great as allyship. personal opinion and Alex I'd love your view in a second as well I yes the way that you've described it is colorblindness racist effectively yeah no do I think it's completely inclusive and respectful of actually what your color represents no that's where I think actually when you go beyond that into being a true ally you that's when you step up a gear so my personal opinion on this, I really don't think there's any right or wrong to it. As I said, Alex, I'd love to know your view, but yeah, that's mine. Yeah, um, thanks. I just think, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of the interpretation of what, of what you said. So it's colour blindness versus allyship, right? Colour blindness the... versus racism, really. Is my guess? Yeah. My feel is, is colour blindness the same as racism or akin to racism? And, you know, is one worse than the other or, you know, how, because it's just, just understanding that from, from anybody that I can have a conversation with, whether they're white or black, just understanding people's views is really important to me. It's part of my, it's part of my education. Yeah. So when you say colour blindness, I think of the stereotypical comment that people make, which is that I don't see colour. Mm. Oh, I just see everyone as as everyone, um, and I just don't think that that just doesn't work because if you take that same feces and you plant it onto uh, religion, for example, um, and you say, "Oh, I don't see any religion. Everyone is, oh, I don't see specific religions. I only see everyone as one." It it kind of shows that you're not aware of their identity because everyone's background has. A different story to it whether you're black or asian or from whatever part of the world you're from um there's always gonna be there's always gonna be a story for you um and mm. if if you're sort of separating it and trying to say well i'm i'm treating people equally or well not equally or you see people as being similar um regardless of those backgrounds then you're you're kind of you're missing an opportunity um, to to really educate yourself on that person's background so that next time you meet someone who's from a similar ilk, you can then say, oh, okay, 
I understand that potentially your background may be like this because of these this person I've met before and so on and so forth. And then over time, you start to understand, okay, this person is, let's say, from Eritrea and Muslim. Oh, I've met some a few people from there and I understand these are the certain parts of their culture, et cetera, et cetera. And then that's where you can start coupling that up into the workplace as well. Yeah. I, that seems like I'm kind of waffled there, but did that no, sort no, of make no. sense? Not so I know, I, I, I'm conscious of time, but I just want to ask you another question then, because this is really important to me. So with that, with what you've both said there then, so I can have a conversation with a black person and, and what I don't want to be seen as disinterested. So being colorblind is almost being disinterested, I feel. And yeah. so then I want to talk to someone and um, the questions I've heard or people that have, other people that have asked me this question, and I, I'm interested in your perspective. Where are you from? And you might say Hounslow. And the white person might say, no, where are you really from? Like, what what are you asking me? Are you asking me about my heritage, my family, my background? Are you asking me about my grandparents? Why my skin is the colour it is? What what are you actually asking me? Mm. What would be your advice to a a non marginalised person in terms of one not being colour blind and acknowledge someone's ethnicity and their culture and taking that on board, but two not being disrespectful or rude, frankly, about um, asking the question and being interested in their culture and heritage, how would you recommend yeah, so having that conversation? Julie, if I was to throw that at you, I think you 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 answered it naturally the way that you you asked it because the moment that you someone says where are you from, I immediately get stressed. Um, when they say where are you from, they say Essex, and they say, oh cool, I'm from Surrey. I'm like great, you've respected <laughs> that, that, you, you're you're hearing what I'm saying to you. I'm from Essex, and irrespective yeah. of how, where what I look like where I come yeah. from it's the moment someone asks it twice because I can almost guarantee yeah that that's exactly what I mean actually to hear your view but if you went to someone someone asked you Julie where you were from and you went oh I'm from Surrey they went no you're really from you're like I'm from Surrey like <laughs> they are it's a really confrontational way and there's you know exactly the meaning you know exactly yeah. what they mean the moment yeah. someone says it again I'm like okay I see where this is going that's what my brain thinks um yeah so it's a really great question but it comes with the intent it doesn't really matter who you say it to, no matter what they look like. If they say they're from Essex or Wales or Zimbabwe or, you know, the North Pole, doesn't really matter. But you should be taking their answer rather than going, what I'm seeing versus what I'm hearing. I get it. I, and that, it totally does. And that's what I thought was the right answer. Um, you, as you say, you ask the question, you get the answer, and that's what you accept. If someone says, oh, I'm from Essex, but my family are from Nigeria... That's what they want to share. That's what they want to say. That's up to them. And you accept the answer. So I just really, I think that's a really important educational point for people that say they want to be better allies. Yeah. Alternatively as well, right? Because I kind of had a little chuckle to myself because when you asked the question, I was like, I've definitely been in that situation numerous occasions. Um, it's just about, and I mean, Joe kind of touched upon it already. Um, it's funny because production in the background have said me too. <laughs> um, but um, it's funny because Jill um, touched upon it there saying it's about if you relay the same question again, it's quite frustrating. You can always ask that question. And then if you're not, you haven't got the answers that you want, you can always ask them about try and be more specific, for example. So 
what's your heritage or where are your parents from or did your parents grow up here you can always develop that conversation as well so that you avoid sort of the double double brow shotgun of the same question and then all, all of a sudden you that person on the other end is just going to judge you yeah. they judge you automatically and yeah. then i'm i'll give you an example so cricket world cup um the when england were in the final and it went into like overtime for the first time ever um i ran into a bar which was near where i lived in Hammersmith because i was just coming off a train following it on my phone also i'm not a cricket fan it was just it seemed like a historic moment and this australian guy starts talking to me and that same questioning is what happened with me he was like where are you from and i was like uh well i live around the corner and now and i grew up basically in east london and he was like no no no, no. where are you actually from and then straight away you're like right i haven't got time for this person yeah. like they're not trying to be sort of you could just tell already you're like you don't really want to be in that conversation and that would be my concern to anyone who's trying to be an ally because we will sorry not we you will get judged off of just that one conversation that you've had and we'll carry it and if we ever come into contact with you again we'll be like well we know that this person's kind of like this yeah. that's great um great 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 i like advice, this q and a format it was, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, this, this is a this. Yeah, no, I mean, this is a really important subject. You know, we're here to educate. We're here to to help people to learn. And this is, the, you know, asking some of these questions and and us being in an open and transparent conversation, feeling comfortable to have this dialogue is exactly one of the big things that TCare can bring to the technology community. And and I hope that people listening to this podcast um, will gain some value from this conversation because you know. Some of these things in the past, and to, to Jez's point, when I was younger, I may have been not confident enough to talk about or to ask. Um, and to, to be able to ask these questions respectfully and with real intent to learn, um, without, as you know, the, um, one, of the, one of my education pieces was around, it's not up to people of color to educate white people about how to be a good ally, it's up to you to educate yourself. That doesn't mean that you can't have yeah. an intelligent conversation and and yeah. ask people how they would prefer to be communicated with, even like with this. So where are you from? I'm from Essex. Oh, sorry, I'm on a journey to be a better ally and I'm really making a conscious effort not to be colorblind and to show interest in everybody, their culture, their heritage, their interests and so on. I was just really interested in terms of your culture and, and, you know, your heritage. That's why kind of I asked the question, oh, okay, is that a better way, do you think, for people to open up? And because and, the question isn't about your skin colour is different to mine, therefore, you, you know, I'm being racist with that question. Actually, I'm showing an interest in where you are from and an interest in you as a human being. Is that a better way to does, have yeah. the conversation? I mean, absolutely. I'm interested. Does that, does that feel like the right question to ask? If, why I say that, because at our recent tea care dinner, I was on a table and one of the guys on, we had exactly this same conversation and he was really kind of quite clear that he was, he wants to tell people about his ethnicity, mm, you know, yeah. because he thinks across the across the uh, the marginalised 
arena, you know, there's different ethnicities, and he's proud of his ethnicity. There's West African, there's Caribbean, there's South Asian, yeah. there's Bengali, there's Indian, there's people from Pakistan. And he wants, you know, he, he's saying that, you know, I want you to understand actually where I am from. Yeah. So it's and, that, and that actually, ethnicity. That, that, I think that's really, really important and really true. Like people are proud and they should be, you know, no matter where you're from, Correct. you know, if, I think it's um, people like to share their heritage and something that we do in the Microsoft ERG, which is our employer resource group, is we give people the opportunity to speak about their heritage and what it means for them, their families, their religion, their their celebration activities and you know and all of the different things that come with that and it's really super interesting because one it's well it's interesting it just is by its very nature but two it's also there's been bringing you closer to your colleagues and people and understand why different periods of different times are really um are really important to them and how we could be respectful when those things happen right it's not just about christmas is it it's about all of the other religious festivals that happen for example but do we treat it in the same way so I think we've covered a lot of topics today. Um, really interesting discussion, and thank you, uh, Judy and Jez, for helping Alex and I navigate and ask you know some of the questions that as an ally you should be able to ask. And yeah, I think what we've shown is that there is there isn't a, a right answer, and actually, depending on who you're speaking to, they might give you something different. Because yeah. my experiences are undoubtedly different from Alex's. Alex's are undoubtedly different from our producers, who's having a lovely conversation with us in the background. So. <laughs> You know, I'm glad that we've been able to share and show the diversity in what is a diverse topic, um, for sure. Yeah, and, and yeah, thank you for your time, guys. Honestly, it's been it, it's been helpful, and it's really nice having people who are at different parts of their journey in terms of understanding allyship and also just taking that on board as well and making sure that they are playing their part within their business to. To, to be a beacon um, and, and set that example for others within the workplace as well to say this is what we're trying to achieve as a business so yeah no thank you thank you guys it's upset that we run out of time because <laughs> it's been it's been really good a really great conversation um i think it's this is definitely a topic that we'll cover again and within the podcast series because there is a lot to unearth in here and we've got different perspectives to to talk about as well you've got to talk from the perspective of the ally and those who are receiving that support from the ally as well and we've kind of touched upon that in in some aspects within this dialogue today um I so up, i think what julie brought up at the start of it ally is quite a frightening word so we want people to embrace it rather than actually fear oh my god what does that actually what do i need to do now Mm. Yeah, yeah exactly. to be educate exactly. yourself. That's the key thing. That's the, the absolute closing message. Educate yourself. Challenge your um, challenge your prejudices and and your own discomfort. Practice and learn and take action to change. And join tea care. That's that's one of the big things. Well, yeah, that's exactly 100%. what I did. <laughs> Any um, last messages from yourself, Jeremy? No, I think I just to echo. Um, uh, what Julie said, you know, stand up, take take action, and and live the values, right? Live your values at work, at home, doesn't matter. Live your values. I, re I realised there that I said Jeremy, and we had two Jeremys. That was um, that was glorious. <laughs> that was all the way through. Yeah, um, Joe. Joe, any last comments from yourself? <laughs> No, I think just just thank you for all of you for your I think your honesty and your vulnerability. This is this can be a really scaring and a really daunting conversation. And I think it's 
conversations and insights like you've shown from an individual a personal a company perspective that help us to have more of them so yeah i'm sure i've no doubt we'll be calling you both back at some point so uh yeah you made a rod for your own back but hopefully for good reason thanks guys it's all about the learning thanks so much thank you no worries that's that's fine so um follow us on all the socials please like share subscribe to our content as well we want to share the message not just within our industry but we want to try and go beyond that and and, and make sure that everyone is sort of trying to learn around this term which is relatively new to a lot of people um but apart from that tune in next time um to our new to our next episode and yeah we'll we're looking forward to having you join us again so take care Thanks very much. Thank you. Catch you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to hearing your thoughts. So please continue the dialogue on socials. To stay updated on when we release the next episode, follow us on LinkedIn and on Twitter at TC4RE. And don't forget to check our website at www.tcare.org for more information and content on today's topics.